Coming up on today's episode, the Connor Hellebuck decision. We dive into the options and potential scenarios the Jets have with their star netminder. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's get into it here on a Monday night that we're recording. Coming out to you guys on a hopefully much nicer looking Tuesday morning out. Gloomy all day to kick off the week and then gloomy in the NHL world. Because the one team that couldn't win the draft lottery goes ahead and does it. We're not going to spend too much time on that because um, the biggest decision of the decision of the Winnipeg Jets offseason is uh, on the table here tonight. And we got to dive into that to figure out where the Winnipeg Jets might find themselves in the blue paint for the present and then the foreseeable future as well. So we'll get into the Connor Hellebuck talk right away here. But first, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us once again. Tyson, I'd say how we doing, but um, we'd be doing not so well, I'm guessing. We'd be, we be fuming. We'd be what fuming. I would say. We'd be fuming. It's just the least deserving team. And uh, man, like I've just been bubbling over just ever since that lottery has happened i've been just filled with rage and just i know it's such a small chance like yeah you have a 90 percent chance of not getting it if you're like a if you're the flyers or something but there's what are the chances that the blackhawks get it like do you know what i mean like it's just like out of all the teams a team that's got three cups they struggled for like two seasons and now it's like oh here you go here's the next Best prospect since McDavid. Yeah. Right right, right as Kane and Tage leave the building too, right? It's unbelievable. Like, it's unbelievable. And then you look at all the shenanigans, and I'm not even going to go full conspiracy theory and say that it was rigged, but it's just so, so Bush League that you could have the host of the show just spoil the whole draft lottery <laughs> right before Kevin you go to commercial. Like, <laughs> I'm, surprised, I'm surprised Kevin Weeks didn't take a video. Where he's like, hold, where he's holding it back, is the phone all the way up? He's like, "All right, guys, I'm here live from the NHL, in the NHL <laughs> draft lottery room. I'm gonna break the pick as it happens." And he's picking the ping pong balls himself with, with the with that. the eye emoji on the tweet too. Yeah. Like, keep an eye on me ruining the lottery for everyone. <laughs> I just, oh. just what a brutal lottery! Like that might be the yeah, worst that, yeah. It, it literally the entire night could not have gone worse, right? You you ha- you blow you blow the lottery live, and then you have the worst team possible win it, and then nobody else jumps up. No excitement whatsoever there. And yeah, I mean, I I I was legitimately rattled that the Flyers didn't win it because I, I my hearts of hearts, I I thought they were I thought they were going to pull it off and defy the odds. But um, I guess you know one make do with the fact they're at number seven and didn't drop down two spots. That that was like the most flyer option of the night, so they avoided that one. But I've actually moved past the the rage and the anger that was subsided in me for far too long this evening. And I've gone into a bargaining stage of uh, of grief that I'm going through right now because it's it's not a big deal that they're at seven because they're going to flip that pick in a package to Toronto to grab Austin Matthews and then Cal Dubas will be president of Hockey Ops and um, everything's going to be just fine in Philadelphia. So we're okay. We, we don't got Connor Bedard, but we've got... 
well, former MVP, not playing like one right now, but the, the Flyers have bigger problems on their hands than worried if Austin Matthews is going to be the guy that could lead into the promised land. But that, in my mind, I've already warped this scenario that it's going to be just fine. They're going to be the first team that trades a, uh, a top 10 pick in like 20 years. And uh, that's how that's that's how we overcome the awfulness that was NHL draft lottery night 2023. Yeah, so Connor Bedard in the Central Division for the uh, foreseeable future here. And, you know, sucks for Philly fans. Sucks for Jets fans, too, that uh, a team that was, you know, destined to be a doormat for a long, long time has gotten the pivotal piece in a rebuild there. And, yeah, Chicago, it might might take a year or two before they become a bit of a problem. But as we've seen with other teams in the past, you get that number one guy at the top there, and all the pieces start to fall into place pretty quickly. Could not have happened to a worse organization. Um, from that high note, let's pivot over to potential life without Connor Hellebuck, as it gets worse and worse here. Uh, but that's going to be the basis of this episode as we continue our offseason preview. Now that the draft lottery is set in stone, the next big point on the NHL calendar for teams out of the playoff mix will be the upcoming NHL draft. And it's a big one for the Winnipeg Jets, as we all know, for a multitude of reasons. The core four, if you will, of players that will have one year remaining on their deal heading into the upcoming season. Decisions will need to be made. Futures will need to be determined. And no bigger card that will need to drop first than number 37 himself. We mentioned it, Tyson, in our last episode. That's step one of the offseason. You know, before anything else goes underway, a conversation to be had with Connor Hellebuck about, do you want to be in Winnipeg in the long term here? Or are we talking about a potential breakup? Not even a breakup, I guess. Just a parting of ways, right? What is going to be the future for Connor Hellebuck and the Winnipeg Jets? So I guess to try and figure out potential paths, options, everything like that, Tyson. I guess just start off with this. Let's do a little role play here and imagine that we're Winnipeg Jets management and we speak to Connor Hellebuck. Connor, do you want to be a Winnipeg Jet long term here, assuming that we are going to be a competitive team moving forward? What is Connor Hellebuck's answer to that question? Do you think? I think he's non-committal, to be honest. So you think that if if the Jets ask him if he wants to stay long term, that he says, "I don't know yet." I I could see it just because, like, with the way this off season is going to go. Like, imagine you say that to Hellebuck, you end up locking him into a long term deal, and then you trade a couple of the core pieces, and then all of a sudden he's like, "What are you guys doing?" I thought we were going to be competitive. And they're like, well, no, no, no. But like, let, let's say, you know, hey, Headley, we got this covered, but we're not rebuilding. Like, we're not trading these guys for picks and prospects. And we're not going to be one of the, you know what I mean? Like, that, yeah. that, right? Like, that's their goal here. And whether it's right or wrong, let's just say that's what they do there. Do you think Hellebuck is, do you think he's open to signing in Winnipeg at the very I, least, I, I guess? I think it's, he's definitely be open to it. I'm just super. I just don't know the thought process when, you know, you come up with this group of guys and you, and whether they're, I mean, clearly they've been wrong the past couple of years, but in their minds, they think that they have the ability to be a Stanley cup winning group, like with the core that they have currently as constructed. And regardless of if the move that you make, like let's say for Shifley and Wheeler, like you pick up solid players and, and you're, and you're able to, 
to kind of supplement your team a little bit more. I still not I'm still not sure if Connor Hellebuck wants to be. He, I, I'm not sure if he's going to feel the same comfort level as if if he was bringing back the core guys that he came up with. Well, and I'm not saying that that's the right decision for them to do, but I just can see from a player's perspective where you're thinking, hey, you know, all these guys that I came up with are leaving, and you know, I'm not, do I really want to be the only guy that's here? And we're kind of, kind of taking a shot in the dark here, and I'm I'm getting up there in age, and is my contract like obviously you're probably going to be playing on your last contract, but as the goaltending gets older, you start to kind of every year you're like, oh man, I'm my career is starting to wind down here. My career is starting to wind down here. And especially as a goaltender, you never like, God forbid, but you never know with goalies. And you know, a hip injury comes in that just hampers you for numerous years. And then there goes your playing career. So I think that I think he would be open to it, but I think he's going to have some serious questions. And you can even go and look at his, his uh, end of season interview. It didn't sound like a guy that was totally, you know, on board with being here long term. Obviously, if the situation was perfect, I think he would definitely entertain being here. I know that he likes the city. I know he likes stuff that this city entails, like hunting, fishing. But I'm just not totally confident that he's going to want to be here if there's mega changes this offseason. Yeah, no, I, I get. Yeah, he didn't say I'm gonna be a Winnipeg Jet for life, which is unfortunate. <laughs> so, so there, it, it wasn't a you know a step in either direction really from from Hellebuck there. But you know, I I really do believe him when he says this, and sometimes it can be disingenuous when other players say it, and it's it's kind of lip service. But with with Helly, I I really do think he's being honest when he says this, and that all he cares about is winning the Stanley Cup. That's it nothing else matters to an extent like nothing else really matters to him and i i don't think it's a guy that's out there looking for one last big payday i don't think it's a guy that's out there looking to be in a big market right i I don't think he's looking to you know this this team this player this this it's just do you guys give me a shot at the stanley cup and if that's not your number one goal for the near future here then that's not a place i want to be in I, I think that's it. And so it, it really is going to be up to the Winnipeg Jets to kind of illustrate and, and provide an outline to their plan of, of being a contending team. At the very least, avoiding a rebuild over the next little bit here. How, how do they do that? I, it's, it's hard to say because you're right too, Tyson, like saying, look, Connor, we, we're, we're going to be competitive this year. But we're also going to be trading Shifley, Dubois, and Wheeler and potentially one or two other guys. You know, like it, it, the, those two things kind of are, you know, competing viewpoints there. So it's it, it's it's going to be a dogfight. There's there's no doubt about that. But I truly believe that the Winnipeg Jets have a solid chance of, of keeping him in the fold for the long term. It's just going to have to be maybe a little bit of trust on, on Hellebuck's part. And maybe this is a, a contract that's not signed, a contract extension, I should say, that's not signed on, on July 1st. But maybe it's signed July 28th or August 14th after it's okay. You made these moves, these moves, these moves here. All right, let's do this. I'm down for five, six, however many years it takes from that point on. Yeah. And then that's what kind of what you have to hope for, right? Like it's, I, I agree with you. I don't really see them signing an extension opening day of free agency. Like that's the first day that those, when you're a year out that you can re-sign, but yeah, it's going to be super interesting. I just that's what really worries me is that this team is in such need of a big a big changes 
that there's going to be a fallout from those changes. And I'm just super interested to see how it ends up going. And hey, maybe maybe they, they add someone that we don't know, like out of, way out of left field, like a big name center that has some term and all of a sudden he comes in and now you've got a, a legitimate legitimate star that you can build around with Hellebuck, with Connor, with Morrissey. And it's just a whole new look for this team. But I, I, I'm I'm worried. I'm I'm legitimately worried, and I'm just I just don't like sort of the the game plan and the messaging that you're going to have to give Connor Hellebuck after this offseason when your team is so desperately in need of changes. I, I'm just that's what really worries me is that I I do understand that you have to do this, but from Connor Hellebuck's perspective, his mind's not going to change, right? Like you see all these guys move out that you've been friends with. And you're like, hey, man, I I mean, I could win a cup here, but there's about five other teams in the league that I think I have a way better chance of winning the cup on if I'm their starting goaltender. So I think that's where you, I think that's where you got to be careful with this. Yeah, you know, he's, he's probably right with that, even if the Jets do, quote unquote, try to be competitive this upcoming season. What, what's so fascinating about this specific discussion with Hellebuck is is the, the, the two pronged view of this. And the first part that we kind of touched on there is, you know, will the Winnipeg Jets be able to get Connor Hellebuck back in the fold? Is that even a possibility? That's one discussion. But a different one, and, and maybe a a more interesting one is, should the Winnipeg Jets bring Connor Hellebuck back? It, it, it's an odd question on the surface level, but I think it's a fair one too from the sense of, A, does this team need to be in the business of trying to, to win playoff games or should they be headed into rebuild mode? There's that aspect of it, right? Where it's which direction should the Winnipeg Jets take as an organization? And then two, goaltenders that get big money deals on long-term contracts in their 30s very, very rarely, if ever, ultimately work out for those clubs. There, there's there's two different aspects of it when we talk about should the Winnipeg Jets sign Connor Hellebuck long-term, even if, after everything we talked about, he agrees that he wants to be a member of this team. Where do you fall on that, Tyson? Just the, should the Winnipeg Jets sign him to a long-term deal, essentially punting the rebuild a few years down the road, or is it in the best interest of this organization's future to just say enough's enough here and we're going to try to chart a different path here with a younger group of players leading this team moving forward? I've been going back and forth on this for ever since the season ended. And it's just, I, because I think both have their pros, like both options have their pros, but both options 100% have their cons. Like, right. Like that's, it's, it's kind of like you're either, you're swinging for the fences with either pick with the, with either option, really. Like you got to hope that you lock them into a long-term deal and you got to assume that that contract's looking at nine mil, maybe you might even be scratching 10 mil with that with with a Vesna finalist, right? Like it all like one of the top three goalies in the NHL. And then you start to think about maybe this is a sort of unicorn package where if you put this guy in a trade, no one really has like a barometer for what the value is going to look like. So you just have one team that's sort of, you know, we got the prospects, we got the young players, we get a starting goaltender and we're 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 golden like, we're cooking, like baby. yeah with the oilers like i'm like not necessarily with the pieces that they had that they could get connor hellebuck but a team like that like you're telling me that if connor hellebuck's not on the oilers that their odds shoot up tremendously like they're 
by far and away the number one favorite in, in the West, at least. And so you see teams that can maybe fall in love with the idea of having Connor Halleduck on your team. And that's where you drive up a bidding more and you have the ability to extract maximum assets from a team, from a guy that, from a player of Hellebuck's ilk that we very rarely see get traded. And so I, I think you have to look long and hard. And the what, what you mentioned with how there's the uh, opportunity that Connor Hellebuck doesn't sign right on July 1st, right? That goes down the road a little bit. I, I try to keep it as quiet as possible, but I float his name out to a couple teams there and say, hey, we're in talks with Hellebuck right now. We don't really know which way he's leaning. If he happens to, to become available, what would you want for him? And I think you start planting the seed a little bit early and then have a backup plan in case things don't work out. And I think that's the route that you take with Connor Hellebuck. So, so your route is shopping Connor Hellebuck behind his back? It's a... <laughs> It's a dirty business. Cold blooded. It's that is cold blooded. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. They call it show business, not Fred business, according to Tyson Rewicki. That's, that's that's pretty rough. I'm not saying you're not right there, um, but yeah, that, that that's very Belichickian of you, Tyson. Just hey, we're we're out here to improve the team. No feelings get hurt. That sort of thing. You know, it's a it's a really 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 intriguing debate I think about this and I think when it comes to Connor Hellebuck this is where I really would lean towards pulling the Winnipeg card out in this and what I mean by that is when you can get a legitimate superstar and that's really what Connor Hellebuck is like I mean you're talking about one of the at absolute worst one of the five best at his position on the planet a lot of people, like you said, Tyson, would have him top three. When you have somebody like that in your fold, in your organization, and you're an organization that struggles more than anybody else to convince people to stay with the Winnipeg Jets long term, I think you just bite the risk, you bite the bullet, and 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 everything potentially negative that could go wrong with this deal, you just push that to the wayside. You say, you know what? We want you to be a member of this team for life, and we're going to find a way to keep you here. It, it's it's just that simple. So I, if for for me, I don't think it is much of a decision to be honest with you. I think the Winnipeg Jets need to do everything in their power to keep Connor Hellebuck here with the team moving forward. And I, I think there's a few reasons for that too. You know, I guess the biggest one for me is is just the fact one that he is one of the best at his position, but two is his disposition. Connor Hellebuck is the absolute competitor. And on a team where some of the top dogs have had their motivation and intentions questioned in the past, that is not the case whatsoever with Connor Hellebuck. I mean, if you want to talk about setting a standard, that, that's the dude that, that sets the standard. And, and you want him, while he will never have a letter on his jersey due to ridiculous NHL rules, like you want that guy being one of the true leaders and faces of your franchise. So I, I, I think that is a really, really important piece of the puzzle there is, you know, having both the the talent, but also to go along with the production, but all of the intangibles that, that can come along with Connor Hellebuck being the legitimate face and leader of this organization. But then the second part of it is, Tyson, I'm, I, I just don't think you're going to get anything decent value back. Why is it a trade for him? 
Because if you look at goalie trades historically in the NHL, for, for whatever reason, they have not been very fruitful to the team giving up the goalie in the trade. Like they, it's, it's so bizarre, right? Like you, it's, it's counterintuitive that the most important position on the ice, you would think they get big returns back in trades, but, but look at goalie trades in the past. And I mean, going all the way back to Patrick Wad, there is really not a lot of value going back the other way there. And it's going to be difficult. I think for a lot of teams out there to, you know, have the package of prospects that you would need, assuming it's prospects, but having the package of, of assets available to pull off a Hellebuck trade and then also having the cap space to do it and then also the potential market to, to drum up some leverage for you here. I, I don't know if that exists in a potential Connor Hellebuck trade. And another part of that, Tyson, is, you know, the Nashville Predators, for example, I've, you know, committed to a rebuild mode. If UC Soros goes on the market, let's be honest here. Who's a more intriguing trade option in that scenario for teams looking for a goalie? It's going to be Soros just because he's got four or five years on Connor Hellebuck age-wise. So that's another aspect, you know, when you're talking about a potential trade. I I really wonder if there is going to be a market for Connor Hellebuck this upcoming offseason with only one year left on his deal. Like, I, 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 know, I know there's going to be teams looking for starting goalies, but tell you what, man, if, if UC Soros is on the market, if Carter Hart is potentially on the market, if you've heard some rumors out of Philadelphia, teams 100% of the time would rather roll the dice with a younger netminder under team control for longer as opposed to Connor Hellebuck, who might only be in that organization for one year. Yeah, I, I, this is just me speaking, but I think I'm, I will value Connor Hellebuck over Soros and Hart 100%. I really do, even though that he's older. I just really have a hard time giving a long-term contract to guys who are so, I don't want to say reliant on their athleticism, but it's a big part of their game as goaltenders, right? Like we've seen some struggles, like obviously the last couple of rounds of playoffs, but he's been lights out, but then there's stretches where he's not lights out and he does let in the occasional squeaker. And it's sort of, I can just see the same thing with UC Soros as he starts to get older. He's a very small goaltender. And once you start to lose that sort of superhuman athleticism that you once had as a five foot 11 goalie, I just don't like the way that is it. I don't like the way that his contract will, will age in my opinion. But, and I also think with the, the idea that goalies don't get that much on the trade market. And this is for Kevin Cheveldale to figure out. I think a lot of these GMs are just stupid. And I don't think they understand goalie value. I really don't. I don't I don't think a lot of GMs understand the goaltending position. And I think that they oh, just I think that's completely fair, yeah. But I mean that that doesn't help your case in a right. trade. Oh, exactly. <laughs> you might that that notion might be correct, but that doesn't help the Winnipeg Jets if they're trying to trade Connor Hellebuck. Right. So yeah you're just in a tough spot, right? Like it's, there's so many different things that could go wrong in every scenario. Yeah. And there's very like, you know, like you got to hope that you win a cup. That's like your other option with, with this. And it's just like, you're on two totally extreme sides of the spectrum here. And then you got to decide, do you want to kind of punt this top level talent, this hall of fame talent that you've had, or do you want to try and build around that? And I, what worries me is just, Chevy's ability to build a team now at this point. And I, I'm of the idea that I still think Chevy's a top 15 GM in this league. 
that's just because there's also a lot of really dumb GMs in this league <laughs> that don't know what they're yeah. doing at all. It's on but, fantasy hockey. Yeah, no kidding, eh? But yeah, I, I just I don't I feel like a lot of it's just kind of shuffling uh, chairs on the Titanic right now. And that's just sort of I just think that this team needs a whole new direction. I think this team needs a whole new philosophy, a new new faces, new new voices up top. Like I just think there's so much staleness right now here and I just trading a couple of the the so quote unquote cancers. I just don't know how much that's going to change really. Like you you're still bringing back a lot of the guys who after the end of season interviews were saying what Bone said was out of pocket. And a lot of those guys are still coming back, even if you trade Shifley, Wheeler, Dubois. Right? Like, it's just, I I, I don't know. It, to me, I think this team is just in full need of a full facelift. And I think you're just kicking the can down the road by not doing that. You know, there's a lot of people that would agree with that, that, you know, it's it's going to be, it's going to be painful for a year or two, at, at least. But, you know, at, at that point, at least you're kind of committing to one direction instead of being one foot in, one foot out. I don't know. I just, I, and again, I mentioned this many times before, but look, as, as a fan of a team that did not have goaltending for decades and decades and decades and decades, when, when you get that guy and he's a no doubt about it, number one stud, you do whatever you can to keep him there, pry him from your cold, dead hands, because without that guy in the fold, your team composition, I mean, the whole outlook of your team changes so dramatically. And with Hellebuck here, you've got a chance. Like, you you do have a chance with him here. So, I, I, I look, again, I, I'm all about, in terms of team building, finding a way to keep high-end talent. If you've got high-end talent, I don't care what position it is on the ice, you do whatever it takes to keep that here. And that's that's what I'm doing with Connor Hellebuck. I, 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 I think it would be a mistake to, to move him on. And I think... You know, even if it is a six, seven, eight year deal, even if it is nine and a half, ten and a half, whatever it might be, he, he's staying here. And then you've got a Hall of Fame goalie for for for, for the long term. And I, it I might gotta, hurt it might hurt in the last couple of years of that deal, but I'll tell you what, the first three or four years are gonna be pretty juicy as well. And that's where you're gonna have to make your hay if you're the Winnipeg Jets. And if you get Hellebuck to agree to a long term contract. Uh, if let's say that you do trade Hellebuck, let's say he's making ten and a half million. Let's just throw that number out there. Would you rather have Connor Hellebuck at ten and a half million for the next seven years? Or would you rather take like a top fifteen goalie at four million? And then with that extra six and a half million million, you're able to grab a legit top six forward. A guy that's like locked in long term. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because everybody says that, but then when those teams go into the playoffs, their goalies stink and they're like, we gotta go out and get a high end starter. It happens all the time. It happens all the freaking time. What did Colorado do? For 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 years, it was just, you know, we'll get this guy, this guy, this guy. Then they go out and get Darcy Kemper finally and give up some some draft capital to do it. And they end up winning the Stanley Cup because of it. But the Tampa Bay Lightning have gone to three. Sorry, do you think Darcy Kemper is a top 10 goalie, though, in the NHL? Oh, yeah. I, I 100%. Uh, Especially, yeah. I, like, you didn't have the best year this year. But when, when, when Colorado went out and acquired him, he was putting up huge numbers. With, with, with the Coyotes. So, yeah, I, I, I think Carp Kemper was a high-end starter there. And then you have teams trying to go through Vasilevsky for how many years? Uh, you, 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 do, you don't need a crazy high-end starter, 
but but I yeah you you need a pretty damn good goalie, and I I, I just don't know I, I don't know if that's the way to go about it. I, I just think for me Hellebuck is as good as gold. Like he's just so dependable, so reliable. I'm keeping him here long term. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a pretty petty to do so, but let let's try to build around Hellebuck, Morrissey, et cetera, et cetera, and that's a pretty damn good foundation for this team to have. Plus, I I, I do think Hellebuck is in the Roberto Luongo mold of aging like a fine wine. Yeah, I and agree. like you said, like you said, Tyson, not over reliant on athleticism. It's positioning and it's IQ and it's smarts, and I think that lends well to a guy being productive throughout his mid thirties. So I'm I'm not overly concerned about Connor Hellebuck's longevity. The one thing I would say on that regard, though, is that if Hellebuck does sign here long term, the Winnipeg Jets need to do a much better job of managing his starts. He can't be playing high. It's got to be way more of a platoon situation because I do think as well that Hellebuck over the last couple playoff runs, he's just run out of gas by the time the team gets into the postseason because he had to play the most minutes of any goalie in the NHL this year. So that's another thing to kind of throw into the boat. But that would be a nice problem to worry about for me is how do we manage Connor Hellebuck's minutes as we go into his mid-30s and all that. Um, so it sounds like you're on team trade and I'm on team keep. Is that is that fair to say yes <laughs> so then let's look at both of those options quickly first i think the signing one is a lot easier what does a connor hell contract look like because the, the last big big one given out was to sergey bobrovsky who signed it when he was 30 years old albeit in 2019 so that's already four years ago my god Jeez. um but 30 years old when he signed it and that was a seven year $10 million per season contract. I mean, that four years ago, that's got to be like the absolute minimum, right? Yeah. I, I think I, if he wants to take that, I'm doing that 10 times out of 10. Oh, yeah. Yes, and, sir. Yep. That would be just fine with me. And it, hey, I mean, look, it is funny. People are like, we'll just sign him to a five year deal for more. Yeah. I, I, that would be great. <laughs> but I don't know if Connor Hellebuck is going to agree to that, knowing that this is really the last big contract that he's ever going to sign here. I think realistically, six years is probably the lowest that you can get him on. Um, I, I, I just don't know if that's going to be the case. The Jets' best chance here might be the full on eight years because no other team can give him to him. Right, so that's that's kind of the trump card that they hold in their pockets there. Um, eight by ten, uh, that's a long one, but but I think I'm still going to bank on Connor Hellebuck giving you at least five or six seasons of high end quality goaltending there. But yeah, if I had to guess, Tyson, it's unless Hellebuck does a pure beauty and, and helps this team out in a huge way, um, I'm thinking seven years, seven by ten and a half is is probably. It's going to be somewhere within that ballpark there, but I think we do see the biggest goaltending contract ever signed in NHL history, and um, I think it's worth it. I'm I'm okay with taking the plunge on that one. Um, I, I think just to add one thing quickly, I think a lot of people do sort of forget just because it hasn't happened the past couple of years with the pandemic and everything, but the cap will be going up. Like at some point, the cap will be rising in in, in the ceiling. So. A ten and a ten and a half million dollar contract this year doesn't look too great. In three years, though, you could be seeing the top level goalies getting 12, 12 and a half, 13, and then then it doesn't yeah. look too bad. So, or at least at least even like the mid range goalies get higher and higher. Right. So it's not that much discrepancy. Yeah, that's a good point. But I think it's important too for for everybody that says you know like me, just keep Hellebuck, sign Hellebuck, whatever it takes. 
Like he's going to be getting a $4 million raise <laughs> on his contract right now. So it's, it's great to say that, but just keep in mind that you're talking about paying him, you know, well-deserved, but it's going to be double digits for him moving forward. And um, it, it really depends on your, I guess, philosophy on trying to build a team. Can you do that? Like Montreal tried to do with Carey Price, like Florida's trying to do right now with Sergei Bobrovsky by paying a goaltender $10 million. I mean, that's the problem the Winnipeg Jets will find themselves in if they're able to keep Connor Hellebuck in the fold. But if they're not, and you're on Team Tyson, let's talk some potential trades here, Tice. I guess first, are there any teams that jump out to you? That, like, to me, I th- I only have three teams that would be in the Hellebuck sweepstakes realistically. I think. But are there any clubs that jump out to you before we talk about you know potential best case scenarios and what a return might actually look like for Helly? Well, I think Boston would be up there. I think even though they did just have great seasons from Swayman and Allmark, I'm not too sold on Linus Allmark as a long-term viable starter in that. I mean, he's he's played had some good seasons in Buffalo where his numbers aren't necessarily reflective of his play, but I, I just there's something about him that I don't don't trust. Plus, he's been piling up injuries the last couple seasons. It's a little worrying there. And then Swayman, like he had a good season too, but. Playoffs, and granted, you're putting a rough spot as a goalie there, having been forced to start game seven. But it just if you're Boston and you're moving on from a new era, from Bergeron, Krejci, and those guys, why not, why not kind of try and build something different, something that you haven't really done in a little bit? You have Hampus Lindholm locked up. You have Charlie McAvoy. Like You have this legit defense, and you toss a Connor Hellebuck back there, and you have the firepower of pasta up front, plus whoever you end up getting, right? Like you're gonna, but it's it's the Boston Bruins. They're gonna get good players at some point. Like that's just, I I, I thought the Bruins were the last team you were gonna mention. Really? I, I any they I, any, just they just had the, the I mean you're talking about the potential Vesna Trophy winner, and then a 24 year old that put up a 920 in how many games as well? It's, it's a little crazy. It's you can call me crazy, but. I, I no, not crazy, just just a little stupid. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what other teams other than, other than Boston did you have, um, or, or did you want did you want me to go through my three? Let's hear your three. Well, another one that another one that I thought of was Ottawa, but I just don't know how you're gonna. I don't know how Ottawa's gonna make that work. Yeah, and sure. Ottawa traded like they their first round picks going to Arizona this year. I was thinking Ottawa too, but. I just don't know if they are they going to have the draft capital to be able to pull even that the, one off. Even the cap space, right? Like you yeah. want to get Hellebuck, you're, like, you're done. You're not making any moves. So yeah, I I, I was yeah I I don't think Ottawa's going to be one of them. I wondered Detroit too. Like Detroit seems like a team that's poised to make some some big time moves, and they've got is it is it Sebastian Casa their their draft pick that they took a little while ago. Like right. you wonder, you wonder with Detroit, like would they rather cash in on that chip now, or do we just wait and enjoy some of the, you know, whatever he shows up there? He's twenty years old already, but he looks like a stud. Um, I maybe I like Huso like too. Like I don't, I don't mind Huso as a starting goalie for the next couple of years while Costa yeah. gets. Yeah, that that seems to make the most sense from a Detroit perspective, and maybe we'll talk about the Red Wings and um. Future episodes regarding uh, some members of the team that might be departing. Uh, but for me, the three teams, and this is going to be the the one team we're going to hear, I think, linked to the Jets all offseason long. I think the obvious one is the LA Kings. 
they've been trying to make a splash for a while, and they obviously are going to need an upgrade in goal, assuming Corpus Allo heads to free agency here. They've got everything that you could possibly want from, from a team shipping out a high-end talent, right? They've got prospects. They've got young NHLers. They've got draft picks, all that stuff. Uh, I think LA makes a ton of sense as a potential Connor Hellebuck landing spot. I think Buffalo too, Tyson. I'm not going to be shocked if Buffalo maybe tries to be a little aggressive there, although they do have um, Levi coming in, maybe trying to take the starters role there. But do you want to hand everything over to the young kid right away without much of a safety net behind them? I think Buffalo makes a lot of sense. And then we've got two Canadian teams. That are well, one is much closer, uh, one foot out the door into the postseason than the other right now. But I think both Toronto and Edmonton are going to be really intriguing potential options there. Uh, assuming Toronto completely flames out, which they're just about finished doing. If they keep <laughs> if they keep the core together, like is that not the ultimate home run swing to go after Connor Hellebuck? But then, do they have the the assets to pull off a move like that? But if, if Edmonton, you know, who I, I imagine they've – have they officially lost to Vegas 2-1 here? I don't know. I don't believe it's official yet. They, they, we'll, we'll say we'll say it's official. If they, I mean, there's lots of series left to go. I still like the Oilers to win there. But if Edmonton does fall to Vegas in the second round, you know, you made the big moves up front. You made the big move to get Ekholm on the back end. Goaltender would be the final piece of the puzzle there. So I, I wonder if Edmonton could be a club that might make a big splash if their season ends in round two there. But to me, it, it really is the LA Kings that stand out as the one option that, okay, this makes sense for both sides here. And I mean, kind of mentioned this on Winnipeg Sports Talk last week, but not too many teams are going to have the the Quinton Byfield as a centerpiece of a trade for any high-end player that the Winnipeg Jets might be throwing out there. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, <clears throat> excuse me, that you have to get a goalie back, right, Dice? Like, if you can get high-end talent wherever it is on your roster, that's going to have to be the asking price for for a Connor Hellebuck. And, you know, even as a Heli fan, getting Quinton Byfield in might not be the worst situation in the world there than you try to find a goalie somewhere else. Uh, but I think that's probably the, the potential landing spots there. I, I really don't think there's a ton. Like, I don't think there's more... I don't think there's more than four teams that make a lot of sense right now for Hellebuck, just with how all these contenders either have their goalies locked in long-term or, or they, you know, are trying to go younger in different positions. I just, there's not a whole lot of openings right there. I would just add the Oilers are playing the Knights and the Knights like to take big swings and they kind of have a hole in gold. There's a, there is another one, but I mean, this is always in it. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't, throw them out of there and then hey you can even look at maybe potentially you said that you, you don't have to get a goalie in the deal but a logan thompson with some picks and you know another like there's gonna be some movement this year where you like i think you're gonna have the ability to kind of snatch a top six forward from a team that a lot of people aren't really expecting so it's gonna be interesting but yeah it's well then let's cap off the episode here it is funny we said we were gonna do just a short one here today um but as you might imagine with Connor Hellebuck, plenty of talking points and then plenty of different avenues this could go down here. But let's cap off the episode here, Tyson. Prediction. What happens with Connor Hellebuck and his future with the Winnipeg Jets? How do you see the next 12 or so months playing out? I don't think he's a Winnipeg Jet in two seasons. Oh, really? 
So is he moved at the draft or at the deadline? Or is he just walk out the door as a UFA? I don't think it happens during the offseason. I would say either at the deadline or he, or he walks. I would... What I would say is I, I I do think if the Winnipeg Jets decide to trade him, I think the deadline's the best time in terms of getting the most assets back. I, I really just, there'll be desperate teams then and they can find a way to fit him under the cap at that point. I, I just, I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen this off season. I, I would, I would agree with you on that. My prediction is that we do see Connor Hellebuck sign a six or a seven year contract and remain a Winnipeg Jet for life. I, I just, I don't know, gut feeling on this one. But I think the player's open to signing here. I think the team desperately wants to sign him and keep him here because it's quite clear that they're not interested in a rebuild and they want some playoff revenue. And with Connor Hellebuck in the fold, that's like the golden goose. He's going to keep you right up at that playoff line each year that he's playing 50-plus games there. So I think the two sides ultimately do find a way to get this one done. I don't think it's quickly done this offseason. But I think the Winnipeg Jets do make some significant moves. I just don't think it's going to be with Connor Hellebuck to party town anytime soon. Let us know what you think, though, and let us know which option you prefer. Do you Would you rather see GM Tyson Rewicki's vision moving Connor Hellebuck out and kickstarting a new era for Jets 2.0? Or, or do you want to see what I'm seeing come to fruition here and Connor Hellebuck retire as a Winnipeg Jet and head to the Hall of Fame, the Hockey Hall of Fame? as a Winnipeg Jet in that jersey there, and hopefully with a little more extra hardware attached to his name by the time it's all said and done. Let us know on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki, at Tyson Rewicki, at Skates Plates Pod. But that'll do it for the episode here. We'll get back at it to close off the week Friday morning. Until then, though, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki, stopping by once again. We'll get back at it Friday morning with our first What If episode of the offseason for the Jets. We take a look at a potential multiverse option for the club as to what could take place if certain events unfold for them. So make sure you tune into that. Should be a fun one to wrap up the work week on Friday. Until then, though, have a great rest of the week. Stay safe and have a good time, everybody. Peace.